Have you ever wondered how to become a Supreme Court clerk? Well, that is what we learned today. Hello everyone, my name is Kaushub Shivasav, your host and you're listening to The One Take Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today we have a wonderful episode for you. Our guest today is Mr. Yashdeep Chahal and recently Mr. Chahal has achieved something outstanding. He could secure All India Rank 4 in the Supreme Court Clerk Come Research Assistant Examination 2019 and in this episode, Sir is going to talk about his experience, his strategies, how exactly to clear this examination, what are the avenues in the future and why is it necessary for every law student to explore this opportunity. If you like the episode, make sure you like, share and follow the podcast so that I can reach out to more and more people with such brilliant conversations. If you have any suggestions, feedbacks, make sure you reach out to me. I would absolutely love that. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump right into the discussion. Hello, sir. Welcome to the One Take Show. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. This is a wonderful opportunity to talk about so many things that you've accomplished. I've had this golden opportunity to meet you in the past once. It was in Kanpur in one of the uh, conferences, the Model United Nations conferences, where you were a chair and I had this golden opportunity to meet you. But I'm so glad that today you could take time off your uh, very busy schedule to talk about various things that we'll discuss today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Gostab. I'm happy to be here. Right. So, so first, before we get into the entire clerkship and how you decided to get into it and how you cracked the examination, I would like to know about your journey with law, as in how and why did you decide that law was the field that you want to uh, enter into and you want to engage with? And what was your journey like in the law school and what all activities did you engage with? Right. So, Costa, uh, I was a physics student and this, this one fact surprises a lot of people. So, I, I used to uh, pursue physics honors in Delhi University and uh, when I was a part of the course, at that time I developed an interest in debating and other allied activities like writing and other things. So, I would say that my decision to pursue law was a very organic decision because from physics to law, it's, it's actually a very radical sort of a shift. But when but when I shifted, I realized that uh, the debating and everything it, it sort of developed an interest in me, and I realized that probably this is the profession which I find more relatable with my personality, and also having come from a physics background. So physics, as we usually say, is something which is close to nature. So it's an it's a study of nature basically. But mm-hmm. I never could relate physics with nature because when I was pursuing <laughs> it. I, I, I probably wasn't into it. But when I joined law, I found law more, you know, connected with the society out there. And when you are studying something in which you can directly see the effect of your education in your society, I mean, that's probably mm-hmm. the best way of learning. And that, that that prompted me to pursue the profession with the law. Right. 
how was your how was your experience in the law school like uh, i i understand that your law school must have been very occupied with a lot of activities was there like any right, specific right. activity you were in, like engaged into for example mooting or writing research papers something that yeah, so, uh, stood out for you costa mm-hmm. i was basically interested in all sorts of activities and i i kept myself extremely engaged in all sorts of activities throughout mm-hmm. the law school so when i joined it in the first year i did not do any mooting or anything mm-hmm. and uh, i uh, in my first year i could not even join the society because i lost the induction moot so there is an induction mm-hmm. moot in campus law center Okay. But thereafter, I started writing. I I thought I'll probably take up some research papers in the first year itself, and thereafter I did that. And in second year, I topped the induction moot. I scored highest marks, and then I joined the society. Mm-hmm. And uh, then thereafter, I did a few moots. I did the KK Luthra also, which is the flagship moot of uh, uh, Campus Law yes. Center. Yes. Yes. And uh, I also won the best speaker award in the KK Luthra, wow. and uh, it it turned out to be an amazing opportunity for me. And, mm-hmm. uh, after that i i i sort of explored other areas of law as well for example i i always made sure that i do not restrict my mooting to you know let's say criminal law or mm-hmm. any particular area of law so i did a moot on criminal law then i did one on arbitration law and then i did one on intellectual property rights mm-hmm. so i i i i so in a way i made the maximum out of this one particular exercise because a mooting in my opinion you know consumes more inputs than you know an internship out there and if you are doing it genuinely then a mooting can be a really great learning exercise apart from that i was writing research papers also i was also going out for chairing conferences and uh, you know one of the conferences where we met <laughs> so i was going out for all these things and probably i kept myself engaged throughout i was doing internships also my internships were also very diversified in nature i interned mm-hmm. at the trial courts i interned at the high court level and thereafter i also interned at the supreme court and uh, all sorts of it was a very diversified experience and i understood one thing at a very early stage in law school that in law school you are not going to learn the entire law and that is a fact it probably is a harsh fact but that is the truth because mm-hmm. the even the curric- even the curriculum of law schools in india does not allow you to do so Right. So, for example, if you take up procedural laws, they will just teach you one tenth of the procedural laws, and the nine tenth, the remaining part is just you know you are on your own, right. and they expect you to go out there in the field and learn it. So usually, mm-hmm. so I I made sure that whenever I, I am in class or whenever I am outside it, I am grabbing as many things so mm-hmm. that at the end of my final year, I am able to recognize which field of law I belong more more to, and I. think probably that is the ultimate goal of a law student to understand what he wants to do after it and you know which area of law uh, he is able to connect with and mm-hmm. that is an exercise i'm telling you that is probably the most difficult exercise mm-hmm. so that that's about my law school journey i i can sub to some extent uh, somehow relate to this not like completely obviously because i'm not there yet but uh, i mm-hmm. i have to choose specialization possibly next year in my penultimate year and i still am not very sure if i <laughs> want to go with uh, the business laws or want to go with the constitutional law but uh, somewhere down here in your journey where did you mm-hmm. find interest in clerkship like you've secured this reputed uh, rank of all india rank 4 in the supreme court mm-hmm. law clerk law clerk come research assistant examination 2019 for all my listeners who mm-hmm. do not know this by the way why do you not know this you should know this this is a huge huge feat but uh, where did where did you find the uh, idea the inspiration to set for this examination and go ahead with this yeah so uh, when i was in my second year i came across a few of mm-hmm. my seniors so there was a senior of mine 
was at that time he was clerking with justice ak sikri as he then was in the supreme court so at that time i got to know him and uh, you know i met him in a debate out there and we discussed and we discussed the nature of work that they do mm-hmm. and thereafter i also had aspirations for judicial services so i started right. preparing for judicial services in my final year mm-hmm. so that uh, what do i say that inclination towards the bench was there and apart from preparing for judicial services i thought uh, this could be a great way to understanding you know what we call as the judicial mind in legal circles mm-hmm. so so in a clerkship i thought this could be one experience where i could you know get to know how the supreme court functions and you know how a supreme court judge reaches a particular decision mm-hmm. because there are complex problems complex questions of law that reach the supreme court stage and at that stage uh, there is a lot of pendency also so amidst all this there were multiple things on my mind i wanted to start in a work culture where my work is very disciplined and where i'm working you know more than usual law graduates out there because in a mm-hmm. in a clerkship you have extreme volume of work mm-hmm. and uh, after that i also wanted to understand how a judge's mind functions because that aspiration for bench was there at the back of my mind so mm-hmm. i thought this could be a great experience because tomorrow i might probably god willing be joining the bench so mm-hmm. and there are before i do that i must understand how you know a supreme court judge is able to tackle a problem how they take up a problem how they apply the law to it and how they reach a particular decision because you see at the supreme court level there are multiple choices with a judge every question of law can be answered in multiple ways and mm-hmm. all of them are legally valid ways more or less but mm-hmm. how then a judge reaches you know chooses one option out of multiple solutions is an exercise that is worth you know learning and uh, i think this was at the back of my mind when i decided to pursue it and then the exam came and uh, i was anyway preparing for judicial services so that preparation entirely helped me in cracking this exam right well like uh, i would love to ask like the strategy this is something that i would really wanted to ask the strategy for the preparation for this examination did you have a specific one like something very niche to your uh, schedule to your setup that how did you strategize this entire approach towards examination the interview the written one and everything so i would say yes there was an approach uh, initially so the syllabus of the clerkship examination involves two procedural laws the cpc and crpc mm-hmm. and thereafter you have the indian penal code the constitution and the evidence act right apart from that this is the law portion then apart from that there is english subject and the english is of very high quality and uh, mm-hmm. then there is general knowledge right. so i was since i was preparing for it i had no idea how you know the questions used to come in previous years because clerkship over the years has changed a lot in terms of the you know the the remuneration that they give you and in terms of the quality of work and in terms of the entrance exam also mm-hmm. so it has entirely changed i remember when i was in my first year the clerkship exam used to be uh, at par with an llm entrance exam if i may say so for example right. normal clat exam Mm-hmm. but uh, they have changed it radically in last 2 years so this year it was like at par with the judicial exam right there was there was great emphasis on procedural laws and procedural laws i would say was my major you know the uh, the highlight area throughout the preparation because in procedural laws you cannot just take up one thing and miss out the next thing it's a chain at the end of the day mm-hmm. until and unless you understand it in a chain you will not be able to grab it and in the clerkship exam also for i was fortunate that i had given so much emphasis on procedural laws because had i not then i would not have been able to clear it mm-hmm. and up as far as ipc and constitution are concerned they may ask you you know from at any particular point of time in ipc you can just study murder and culpable homicide you don't have to study theft you know at the parallel point of 
time because mm-hmm. there is no chain between the two and same goes with the constitution also in constitution they ask you all landmark cases and everything and at the end of the day there is a way to crack it because landmark cases and everything you will find those guide books out there and you will find good notes out there and you can always learn those mm-hmm. but when it comes to procedural laws there was no crack out there right. so you had to go through the entire bear act now i have frankly gone through entire cpc and crbc multiple times because i developed huge interest in both mm-hmm. and since i was able to do that uh, i could crack the uh, you know the clerkship exam in mm-hmm. a smooth manner i would say because i didn't face any difficulty per se and about the interview also the interview also requires you to have a, a what do i say a practical understanding of the subject because there's nothing mm-hmm. to cram when it comes to law at mm-hmm. the end of the day every question of law boils down to just common sense nothing else it's just about how you are able to you know probably crack it down to that level that is what learning law is all about mm-hmm. so in the interview also i was asked very very what do i say the practical questions as in how do you attach a property before you know a decree is passed before a case is decided very conceptual questions can in a single criminal case can you give multiple life imprisonments if yes then how and mm-hmm. what are the provisions so there was very practical questions and since i was anyway preparing on a practical level i was able to tackle these questions so i would say the approach was to understand the law and not to prepare for an exam i never you know studied by keeping it at the back of my mind that you know i'm preparing for an exam because when you prepare for an exam you work in a very strategized manner in the sense that you limit yourself to certain things mm-hmm. and you end up doing that because you just want to score you don't want to learn mm-hmm. and uh, but i uh, my approach was entirely to learn because i knew that even if i don't crack clerkship or judicial services i have to stay in this profession and Correct. even if you are li- even if you're litigating out there your knowledge has to be extremely comprehensive if you have to survive mm-hmm. so that was the idea right so but this somehow also reflects in your aim of uh, of making it to the bench someday and somehow this all contributes to that one uh, idealized passion uh, and i can understand like because uh, today as law students we find these procedural laws quite very difficult because as you've mentioned they've not really taught to us in a way i mean i won't complain uh, as far as the academic structure is concerned but these procedural laws are not given the kind of priority that they should i believe uh, the business and the corporate laws like for example arbitration and all the moots that are coming up they're highlighting these laws a little bit way too much so how can clerkship like so i have a twofold question to this extent firstly how can clerkship help a lawsuit uh hmm. and how like for example your motivation was that you want to see how judges function how the bench works are there other motivations as well that you might have observed in your colleagues and secondly uh is there a is there a benefit to clerkship that will have a long lasting impact on someone's legal career which because of which people should really consider clerkship as one of the paths to take up after their law schools right right so so costa uh, apart from my the incentives that i was looking for when i opted for clerkship mm-hmm. i can say this very frankly that there are you know very tangible material benefits out of clerkship so for example people who wish to pursue masters abroad and this is becoming a fashion these days because a lot of people aspire for it and there's nothing wrong about it mm-hmm. but at the end of the day uh, getting an admission abroad in any college and getting it on a scholarship are two very different things and right. there is a huge difference between the two mm-hmm. so clerkships are you know it's an old tradition when it comes to 
UK and US legal circles. In India, right. it's comparatively new. I would say it's a you know 15 to 20 year old, and this is the maximum stretch of time that I can include. It's just a 15 year old. Let's say let's fix it at 15 years. It's a 15 year old. Uh, discovery in india but in uk and us there are books written by law clerks on their judges and it's mm-hmm. a proper it's a proper institutionalized mechanism out there so if you have clerked right. with a supreme court judge and you apply out there you are you are definitely given any special weightage and mm-hmm. this happens and you will see that this as a pattern that most of the law clerks who are with supreme court judges they do their clerkship and they move out for you know llms across various prestigious law schools so mm-hmm. this is one incentive the second incentive is that even if you wish to work in india and you wish to practice so you have a badge on you once you are clerk with a with a supreme court judge you get a badge and this badge is just that the lawyer tomorrow you apply to any office or any law firm mm-hmm. they will know that you have worked you know you have done some real work in the sense that you have understood how judges function and trust me every lawyer wants to know how a judge uh, functions just, right and right. because it's not about cracking a mind per se it's just about understanding you know because a case involves a to z there are you know multiple factors in a case but in a courtroom in a actual courtroom you just find you know on uh, on an slp day you find barely 30 seconds to you know 2 minutes of time mm-hmm. to make to to get your case admitted before a judge so if you are able to understand what a judge is looking for if you are able to understand that what quality of drafting a judge likes so these are certain technicalities that you will understand only if you have worked with a judge and once you right. understand that there is a certain advantage and that advantage is always recognized when you move out in the market in the mm-hmm. in the legal market tomorrow so no matter where you apply you will get that sort of a advantage if i may say so but mm-hmm. definitely some special attention out there because they know that you have done some real work out there so be it practice be it higher education be it judiciary of course so i believe clerkship is something that gives you a lot of takeaways so it's just up to you how you you know utilize your experience as a law clerk in the supreme court but if you do it wisely if you mm-hmm. you know toe your line with the judge because they work a lot and if you have that mm-hmm. sort of will inside you then you will definitely learn a lot and it will last with you for a lifetime i can assure you that right right so like at the end i just have to ask you this because a lot of my friends also in law school and i also personally would love to consider this option of uh, try and prepare for this examination and appear for this test what would your tips and tricks would be if you want to suggest to an aspirant who's trying to sit for this examination take this test and try and clear this with the efficiency that you have cleared this test with yeah so uh, you know i i always say this to whoever you know asks me anything regarding my exam or how i cleared it or whatever i'm doing so i mm-hmm. think one thing every law student must understand at a very early age that there is no substitute to hard work when it comes to law you have to give it time period i mean there is no substitute as they say like law is a jealous mistress it requires constant courtship and if you if you think mm-hmm. that is ju- just another course where you can you know study during the exams then of course you will get a good law degree at the end of 5 years or 3 years but the substantial mm-hmm. worth of your knowledge is going to be very different from other people so i would say that if you really want to do it just be honest with your preparation because you have to understand right. you know un- learning the entire bare act of cpc even lawyers out there they dread cpc i am telling you students mm-hmm. it is just a different matter with the students so if you really mm-hmm. want to do it you have to tackle it head on 
you have to go through mm-hmm. the entire cpc you have to go through the entire crpc and you have to go through it in a manner that you you genuinely want to understand it you know tomorrow there may right. be no clerkship exam at all for example this year due to corona virus no clerkship exam took place it everything right. got cancelled tomorrow something or the other may happen but at the end of the day you do want to move out of your law school and join the legal profession and you do want to shine out and if you want mm-hmm. to do that then just there is no shortcut there is no shortcut to uh, you know le- reading a judgment there is no shortcut to reading a bear act so if you think that mm-hmm. you know a good judgment probably uh, you you know like if you type it out on google you will find any landmark judgment in like half a paragraph or two paragraphs and sometimes mm-hmm. we feel like why should we we you know wasting our time on 500 600 pages of a judgment but i can assure you once you do that you will realize that there is a material difference between these two things and i feel you should go right. for the latter option because as a law student trust me you have a lot of time i mean law students definitely have a lot of time if they come to utilizing it they can learn a lot mm-hmm. and i think this should be the approach that the the longer method is the is the wiser method i would say the longer method is the wiser method well i believe this uh, <laughs> this conversation has been very beneficial for me and i will i will explain why okay. so there are two things that i take away from this conversation firstly that the test or any examination for example judiciary or uh, your uh, your clerkship examination both of them require a very substantial uh, knowledge that uh, that you should have in in legal uh, in every form of like for example procedural laws or let's say other laws and and it reco- and second is that there is absolutely no substitute to hard work yes and even if we do not take the examination it's about us making our position or finding our niche in the legal profession we will have to work hard am i am i am i right to infer these two conclusions absolutely absolutely well i believe this is something that is motivating me to pick up the cpc book that i have lying around <laughs> right in front of my table and start reading the book uh, right away but thank you thank you so much sir i believe this uh, is this conversation has so much value to every listener who's uh, listening to this conversation and uh, will definitely be motivated not just to take this examination but to look at this entire legal education from a different perspective thank you so much for taking your time out i had a wonderful time i hope you had a good time as well thank you so much thank you so much i had a lovely time speaking to you thank you thank you so much sir and that ladies and gentlemen was mr yashdeep chahal wonderfully explaining to us his journey in law school his strategies and tips and tricks for clearing this absolutely wonderful examination he also described to us how he fell in love with law and how he let law guide him through this preparation which was a very interesting take in my opinion if you like this episode make sure you like share and follow the podcast if you have any suggestions make sure you reach out to me i would absolutely love that Hence ladies and gentlemen please do take care of yourselves take care of your loved ones stay home stay safe and stay strong thank you so much i'll see you next time